for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, it is Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023. This is TNT Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Gold Coast in Australia. And you can listen to us on the app or on our website, which is tntradio.live. Or, of course, you can avail of our live streaming service. And all you need to do is scroll halfway down our homepage on our website, tntradio.live. And there's a little uh, link or a little embedded box there from the YouTube stream. You can have a look at it on our website, or of course, you can go directly to Rumble or to Odyssey or to Facebook or X slash Twitter, or even just stay here on the website and uh, avail of that new service that we launched last Monday, I believe it was. So please uh, do avail of it and leave us your thoughts, opinions, comments, and feedback either directly through to our studio or to our individual presenters on our contact forms or on our live chat, TNT Radio. Dot live. So we have an awful lot to wade through this morning, and I do say wade through, you know, the old quagmire. However, I uh, want to talk this morning, give props out to a chap by the name of Jadav Payeng. Jadav Payeng. Now, absolutely no one will have a clue who Jadav Payeng is. I didn't know who Jadav Payeng was until yesterday. And then I read a story about Jadav Payeng. I love the name. It's got that Kwashi Quartang vibe going on, Jadav Payang. I like it, but he's an Indian man. Okay, he's an Indian man. And what did he do? Or, you know, what's the big deal about him, Rick? Well, he planted a tree every day for 37 years on a little Indian island called Majuli Island. And now he has created a forest and a wildlife reserve twice the size of Central Park in New York City. So, Jadav Payeng, while we bitch and moan and argue pointlessly online and scroll social media, numbing our brains, drooling from the corners of our mouths, losing the art of conversation, Jadav Payeng has been out planting a tree every day for the last 37 years. And people say, oh, I'm broke. I can't make a change in the world. I'd say Jadav was short of a few rupees myself. Oh, I don't have the time. I don't have time. You've got time to doom scroll from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed and text people pointless crap day after day after day. Jadav was using his time to plant trees. Oh, I don't have a, a long time frame that I can work within. Just do something day on day, be active and be proactive. And you know what? When all is said and done, at least this dude has a legacy, okay? He does. He didn't do it for praise. He didn't do it for glory, but he's made a difference. He's actually improved the world. He's improved the ecosystem. He's helped improve the habitat in the area that he lived in. And when he kicks off and pops his clogs, you know, people say, well, this dude made a difference. Ask yourself an honest question. This is applying to everybody out there. Is what you're doing making an actual difference? Or are you leaving any kind of legacy to the world? And I'm not talking about a social media account. Oh, when I died, I had 37,000 followers on X. So what? 
when I died, I convinced people that 9-11 was a conspiracy. <laughs> so what? It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. People furrowing away down rabbit holes like it's some badge of honor. It's not. No one catches rabbits in rabbit holes. The only thing you get is covered in dirt and confused. And when you come back up to the surface again, you've got nothing to show for it. So anyway, I just thought it would be nice to shine a little light on Jadav Payang this morning, the Indian tree planter. Maybe you're not a Jadav this morning. Maybe you don't have any trees, but damn it, think about what you're doing with your time and energy and your life and ask yourself, am I making any kind of a dent in this world at all? And I'm not talking about texting or tweeting. So that's just by way of introduction before I bring my lovely colleagues on board, the good ship, TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jadav Payang, had any of you girls heard of him? Or, or, or is he a famous guy that I've just clicked onto yesterday? Big up, Jadav Payang. I have never heard of him, but well done, that man. We need more of that in the world. And uh, let's less of the uh, Twitter and the WhatsApp and the doom scrolling. Uh, amen. Mm. I'm, on, I'm on board for that one. Gemma, I think I think you like this guy. Don't ask me why, but I'm getting the vibe that you like this guy. You're smiling, grinning from ear to ear. Jadav Panyang, thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, a huge. Oh, there we go. Look, thumbs up for Jadav Panyang because never underestimate the, the difference that one person can make because you can make all the difference in the world. And it's quite interesting as well, Rick, you say there about like making your mark and what legacy will you leave? There is That does rather beg the question, actually, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. If, why do you need to leave a legacy at all? It's just not mm. enjoying your life and being alive enough. You know, we, we seem well, to have all well, this relentless is. pressure. It's, it is, isn't well, it? it? But 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 if if we like, I don't think you should try and leave a legacy so people can point at you and say, "I left a legacy." That way, you're really not doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it to feed your ego. You're doing it because you're a narcissist or you're a attention seeker. Or you want a huge name on a building somewhere, a building that's dedicated to you. Know this guy. The beauty about this guy is he's just. A, a, a nobody, somebody happened upon him and happened to realize what he was doing. So therefore they brought it to other people's attention. He was just furrowing away, Gemma, for 37 years with his head down, not trying to leave a legacy. But the point is the best legacies are those that impact other people's lives without you wanting to take any glory for it. Just simply giving a little back uh, to your fellow man and your fellow woman, humbly, anonymously, with no ego. And that's the difference between uh, Jadav Payeng on, for example, where I live. You know, I found this beautiful old church recently, beautiful old church, and it went inside, and it was beautiful inside, but it, would, it was ruined. It was ruined inside. You know why it was ruined? Because it had people's names everywhere. This pew was dedicated by Natalie Chill. This window was dedicated by Gemma Cooper. This bell was donated by Rick Munn in glorious honor, and there's plaques everywhere and brass plaques and, uh, you know, stone inserts. Listen, I'm a big believer, and if you do something, just keep your mouth shut and get on with it, and let uh, let the actions do the talking. You don't need to have you know your legacy set in stone. So yeah, I agree with you. I think we should be living day to day, you know. But it's nice to give a little back to the world, you know, and not expect anything back in return. I hope that I hope that clears that one. I think as well yeah. when you do things purely for the love of it and for the enjoyment mm -hmm. of it. 
that is that is your natural legacy, yeah. isn't it? The, I mean, Jadev clearly was enjoying what he was doing because he did mm-hmm. it for 37 years. But mm-hmm. if you live your life from a position of joy and excitement, that spreads to other people. It and does. that is the good one of the greatest gifts yeah. you can give to your fellow human being mm-hmm. is that look, stand have, have be joyful, be authentic. And someone sees you doing that, they think, wow, they look pretty happy. You know, maybe I'll try that, you know, living in a joyful, excited way, like little children, isn't it? What does Jesus say? Be like little children. Then you get mm-hmm. closer to the kingdom of heaven. There's mm-hmm. so much in that. There really is. Then, well, yeah, and they're not just... afraid to get their hands dirty either. Sorry, not chip in there. I yet. was just going to quickly say, yeah, we need a m- much less people who donate to charity, but have to do a big uh, social media post oh. to tell us that they're donating to charity. And I think that idea of a legacy, I think sometimes it's uh, why a lot of people have children and some, and there are a lot of people that shouldn't be parents, but have this kind of idea instilled or indoctrinated in them. They have to, they have to have children that, that to mm. put down the family line or, or, and, and actually, Actually, there are a hell of a lot of people that shouldn't have had children in the first place. So, yeah, yeah, go out, uh, make make your mark on the world, but do it for the right reasons and, and be happy mm. while doing it. Amen. Yeah, that's a good way to kick, kick off the show here this morning. Uh, Gemma, leading into uh, an article that you have brought to us. Uh, really, uh, this is one to do with labour and uh, Brits and people coming in from overseas and uh, jobs maybe that nobody else wants to do. Uh, what's the story this morning? Well, it is actually a kind of a good news story because we do talk about immigration is a lot on TNT radio because it's a hot topic in, across the UK and in Ireland and, of course, the rest of the world. You know, America and Australia, they do um, have a lot of issues with illegal immigration and asylum. But actually, uh, this story is a, a kind of a flip on that because this is a story that illustrates how it can also go right, which I think is worth stressing. Otherwise, I think we can contribute to this polarization debate of like all immigration is bad and all immigrants are bad. And of course, that wouldn't that's never the case. It's not black and white. There's gray in here. So there's a story that um, has come today uh, across my radar, and it's that uh, Uh, foreign workers are having to be drafted in legally, completely legally, to farms uh, here in England and and the UK, probably in Ireland as well, I would imagine, Um, because British people apparently cannot hack uh, the long hours of getting up at five in the morning to work on a farm, the gruelling shifts, the weather, uh, and British people are apparently opting for more cushy jobs, which have left farmers in in this country post-Brexit where with the freedom of movement, they have plenty of workers from Europe. But post-Brexit, they're having to recruit workers from all over the world. Um, 75% of farmers on one Cornish farm, uh, the pickers, they're being brought over to pick uh, uh, fruit and vegetables year round. Uh, 75% of those pickers on one Cornish farm came from Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Ukraine and India none from the UK. And the Cornish farmer said, you know, after Brexit, we really had to find uh, workers. Um, we put loads of ads in local television stations and the newspapers on social media. We had 250 people from the UK expressed an interest. But when it came to the days of interview, uh, only 37 people actually turned up. So now they're drafting in. Uh, this isn't just the guy in Cornwall. The re- it's reflective of the national picture of 98% of UK pickers on farms now come from all around the world, uh, Barbados, Kenya, Nepal, all sorts of places. And the farmers are quietly delighted because they're saying they've got such a good work ethic. They want to come here. They want to earn money. They work hard. uh, They send it back home. One guy's bought two homes back in his native uh, Tajikistan, I think it is. Um, And so uh, there there is an instance where foreign workers contribute 
to the economy of a local of a country and um, work hard um he said they're a delight to be around he's got the utmost respect this cornish farmer for people that would travel halfway around the world they get up in the morning they don't complain and they're doing really well for for the for the farming economy so i just think here on tnt sometimes we can be a bit polarizing ourselves and we can get carried away on the debate of immigration and asylum and rightly so there are some government policies around the world that are not fit for purpose on immigration especially in this country but when it works legally it works and i think hats mm. off a bit like jadev hats <coughs> off to these foreign workers they've they've come in they're working hard they're helping british farmers stay afloat and i think it's a good news story to be celebrated on a Wednesday, on hump day. Indeed. Bit yeah. of balance there, Natalie. Uh, aside yeah. from the usual uh, doom and gloom and woe tales or horror stories that we're bringing about illegal immigration, and we always stress the point that it's illegal immigration that's the big problem in the UK. If people want to come into the country legally, they're free to do so. And I think, Gemma, that story of yours highlights perfectly that legal uh, migration or immigration when it's done the right way with people that are coming to contribute to society rather than just leech off the benefit systems or they're you know they're they're here to cause trouble it can be a good thing it can work for the community and it can benefit them and their communities when they send uh, some money back home where they're able to purchase properties uh, back in their own place what do you think now I would say that if you ask the average person on the street if you've got a problem uh, with immigration, if that person comes in and works and contributes and pays their tax like any other person, I cannot see that that, that you've got a problem there at all. Um, and uh, I did see, I think it was Mark Parkinson that said in the online chat, Brits are lazy bastards. And uh, what do you expect after uh, COVID and uh, furlough? You had a whole lot of people for years that did absolutely not got no work and got paid for it and uh, were told that they were saving the country by doing so. So you've got you've got uh, a whole different mentality from some some Brits and other people in the Western world. And I also wanted to say, uh, yeah, my other half's a builder. He's seen this in the building trade. People don't want to go and do manual work. They're, mm -hmm. they're very they're used to, particularly over the last three years now. They 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 sat at home. They they had their nice little payments. They want they want to be working from home. They want to get up. They don't want to do a commute. Do you think they want to, you know, my boyfriend has to get up at five o'clock. He doesn't get back till five o'clock in the day. He's out in the cold, in the wet, in the rain. He said there are barely anybody coming through who are young, who want to be builders. It's literally all foreign workers. There are barely any Brits coming through. So, you know, there I am. I'm, I'm having a moan at the Brits today rather than uh, oh, any immigrants, but there point. you go. It's a fair point. And I mean, uh, I, I've said this when I uh, started off with TNT, the last house that I lived in, just for your information, uh, my next door neighbours were the best neighbours I'd ever had. And they were a family from Swaziland. Uh, their name is Kenneth and Bonnie. I won't tell you what their surname was, but they came uh, over from Swaziland. They brought their three daughters with them. Uh, they, they were the best neighbours I ever had. They worked their asses off uh, in nursing jobs and care homes. Uh, they put their kids through education, primary school, secondary school and university. And and you know what they did, Gemma? They used to fill or they used to buy a lot of um, coat, uh, coats and clothes and little bicycles secondhand in the local charity shops. And then they would fill a container every three months and actually send that back uh, to their families and their their, their neighbours in Swaziland by way of a gift. Uh, so they, they didn't do that for any recognition. And I only know that because I'm nosy and asked them, what's all that stuff in your house? What are you going to do with all that stuff? And they told me what they were going to do with it. So in their own way, uh, that ties in their hardworking ethic, uh, their legacy building, uh, which is what we were talking about earlier. And of course, 
the fact that they were from another country and I try to learn a little bit of their language too. So I'm uh, not against uh, people coming into the country in any way, shape or form. In fact, I said many a time, if I could get a hundred families like their family uh, over from Swaziland, I think it would have improved Northern Ireland greatly. Uh, so that's a good one. And the laboring thing, um, Natalie was talking about your boyfriend up at five, home at five on the building site. My best mate is a plaster and he cannot get uh, an apprentice or a laborer to come in. He has this bucket. Okay, and he calls it Big Bertha. Big Bertha is the name of his bucket. And it's this huge bucket and he fills it with cement. And he says, I can tell after two hours whether or not someone's going to stay with me in the job or not. Because if they can't pack hauling Big Bertha around just for one day, they're never going to last as labors. And most of the time, his work comes from uh, people that are not uh, born and reared, let's just say, in Northern Ireland. So yeah, watch out for Big Bertha if Andy ever gives you a call looking for some cheap <laughs> labor. So so anyway, just a little bit of information there about Big Bertha. It's a bucket, by the way, in case anyone thinks of being sizist or misogynistic. It's a bucket. You could call it Big Billy if you get offended easily by that. But anyway, <laughs> thank you to that, for that story, Gemma, and also not for the input. And I'll talk to you again, Gemma, in the next hour. Nat and I will be back after this short news break with plenty on the board to discuss on TNT Radio. Don't go away. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there and Biden was behind it pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went, to, I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. Since, since well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God, but under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world. These people are, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism. And, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two of them attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Take us back in time, and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard, and why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give him the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas 
about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat, people will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The fall of deceit at SalemNow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I woke up this morning feeling really agitated and angry. And since I've come on live on TNT this morning, I don't know what it is. I'm maybe a little bit delirious. I might be a little bit bipolar. I was a little uh, depressed this morning and now I'm quite manic, to be honest with you. So you're just witnessing this. I'm just being open and honest with all you people out there. Uh, it's helping me this morning. TNT is helping me to just you know, pick up a little bit this morning. And if you have any testimonies of the same sort of thing, as TNT pick you up a little bit? Does it give you a little spring in your step? Does it depress the hell clean out of you? It doesn't matter. Leave us your thoughts and opinions in our live chat. TNT, not like, does it lift you up or does it crush your soul? Now, you have to be I careful how you answer this one, remember. No, I would actually say, um, uh, apart from the poor listeners, I uh, it's quite cathartic for me. I get to come on, have a good run, get everything off my chest in the morning, and uh, it's a good way to start the day for me. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to everyone listening who has to put up with for me going on and ranting on about um, anything that I need to because it, it really helps me. So thank mm -hmm. you to everyone who's uh, who's out there. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Now, uh, we'll have a few things uh, we'll want to cover off this morning. And just uh, uh, just to keep you in the picture as well, in the second hour, uh, I'm going to be talking to Simon Mill. And Simon's a great lad. Uh, he's an entrepreneur based in the UK, but he's over in the Middle East at the minute. Uh, he's just sent me a little message to say, are we still good to go this morning, Rick, for uh, quarter past 10? The answer to that is yes. So if you haven't heard Simon before, he's a really great speaker, very calm guy, very together guy, knows his stuff. Uh, so please stay tuned for that in the second hour during Locked and Loaded after after I speak with Gemma again. Now, Natalie, we have a load of stuff uh, that we've highlighted yeah. to get through here this morning. I'll throw it into your lap. Just simply uh, pick something to get the ball rolling, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, uh, a good one to start. Uh, corrupt child's king of thieves, uh, rather than uh, Robin Hood, prince of thieves. Uh, he's uh, robbing the poor, though, in this time, uh, to profit uh, the rich. So uh, Prince Charles has been siphoning tens of millions of dollars off uh, intended for a charity. charity. Um, it's a medieval law, right, called Bona, is it Bona Vacantia? Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you explain it, Rick. But basically, um, if uh, someone doesn't have a will, uh, the proceeds go to the state. And good old Charles, the corrupt thief that he is, He's decided that I'll have a bit of that and rather giving it all to charity. He's been using it to uh, renovate uh, homes that he can profit from. Um, mm. I'm not surprised remotely. Anything to do with Charles seems to have corruption written all over it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. 
It does. And interesting there, you called him Prince Charles, okay? And that's not a, a, a oh, you no, called him by the wrong name. Yeah. No, but I think yeah. in everybody's eyes, listen, I think he will always be Prince Charles. It doesn't matter that he's now King Charles III. I think if you're of a certain age and a certain generation, you'll always see him as Prince Charles because that's just what he always was. He was always hanging around until mummy kicked the bucket uh, before he finally became the king. Because let's face it, I don't think she ever wanted him to be king. That's why she held on to life as long as she did she didn't want that sap uh, in the throne but here he is anyway as the king and this story is an absolute gem uh, and what we'll do is uh, if we can take a little news break now uh, dig into it a little bit more because there's a lot of mileage in this one with this old medieval law that you rightly said bona vacantia which stands for vacant goods he is absolutely lining those fur lined pockets of his with dead people's money as we speak right now in the UK. So let's dig into this one a little bit deeper uh, when we come back after this short news break here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. I've got news for you, baby. I've got news for you, baby. News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Sweden could become a full-fledged member of NATO within weeks after Turkey Air signalled it was ready to ratify the Nordic nation's accession. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has come under fire for failing to stand up for Australian soldiers following this month's run-in with a Chinese warship. And a new bombshell report has revealed the CIA has recovered at least nine UFOs, two of which are said to be completely intact. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Okay, so this uh, this story was quite interesting. Zero Hedge did a bit of a deep dive into this one, uh, Natalie, which I thought was great, uh, just highlighting exactly what Charles was up to. So we all know that he lines his pockets. I think it's the, the duchy of this and the duchy of that. He gets money every year and, you know, who knows where else he's getting his cash from. Uh, but this uh, law, this medieval law that he's using, uh, bona vacantia, uh, which means vacant goods, uh, it's profiting him to the tune of tens of millions. So basically what happens is the assets of those who died in a certain region, okay, without a will or no next of kin to the duchy, they get, uh, he gets their money basically. So with, with said funds, Charles has been upgrading a commercial property empire managed by his hereditary estate. And over the last 10 years, right, over the last 10 years, $75 million worth or what's that, uh, 50 million quids worth of funds have reportedly been collected despite pledges that the proceeds from such transfers would be donated to a charity of which only 15% of the money has been directed, the Guardian has reported. So think about this, that guy with all his money and all those jewels and all those policies and all this money coming in from all of these other sources, he still takes $75 million worth of dead people's assets and uses it to improve his commercial property portfolio. This is the guy 
remember that sat on his throne not so long ago telling us how uh, he understands the cost of living crisis with his crown you can uh, with his crown and his big golden scepter on on his huge uh, rug draped around his shoulders made of probably the skins of thousands of little mm. animals uh you know what are we supposed to make of and, this imagine you and, die, and, and, and you don't and, leave it well and he gets and don't money. forget all the inheritance taxes that normal people have to pay that go to the state that then also gets given to him in one way or another. But uh, Buckingham Palace have declined to comment. But I think I think you're in a little bit unfair here because it does say duchy properties are also eligible for the funding if they are deemed by officials to be of local historical importance. So you miss that bit out because it there mm. is history. Yeah. So he's oh, yeah. he might be taking all the money corrupt for corrupt reasons, but he's uh, doing it on the reason that he, it's historical. Rick, he's, you know, he, he's trying to at least put some good reason towards it. But no, he is just a uh, 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 King Charles uh, the thief, as far as I'm concerned. We've got we've got other people in the in the chat that are calling him other names: Savile's friend, Sausage Fingers, not my king. Uh, so you can go on there and uh, see what everybody else uh, thinks of uh, Prince King Charles or whoever, or whoever you want to name him. Could you ever have thought, you know, when you were a little kid, you grew up and it was like the Queen, Her Royal Highness, Her Majesty, the Queen. Could you ever have thought that when she died, that the next person along would be called, <laughs> not my king, Sausage Fingers? Could you ever have thought that when you were a young kid growing up? And interestingly, there's a lovely spin in this. I love a good bit of spin. I love a good spin, Doctor. Yeah. I don't like what they do, but I can appreciate their skill. Okay, so the spin in this one is not like that the rule only kicks in if someone whose last known address was a territory in the Middle Ages, such as Lancashire, and ruled by a duke. So you might think, well, uh, fair enough then, it's just a little thing. You know, what's that going to bring him in? 50 quid a month, 60 quid a year, 100 quid a year? No, 50 million quid over the course of 10 years. So it might be a little thing, might be a little loophole, but Charlie, old Charlie is profiting hand over fist as a result of this. So yeah, what more can we say? Other, Make sure you have a will, actually. Uh, don't yep. leave it to the state. Don't leave it to probate. Uh, make sure you have a will, people out there, even if you don't think you have very much. Just means when yeah. you do kick the bucket, everybody you want to get stuff gets what you want. And there might be people out there that you absolutely don't want to get your stuff uh, maybe Natalie and I will be in the receiving end of some yeah. nasty will writing uh, over the course of time, but we don't give a shit. Uh, just make sure you get no. your house in order, uh, get your will sorted out. Yeah, it's important to add some more dirty, tre treasonous, robbing, barren, Satanist, Rothschild's errand boy. Uh, so I thought I'd just add a couple more to that. And for those people as well, because I do like a little bit of a rant uh, that, say, that, that, that say, oh, the royals give so much back to the country and tourism. This proves they don't. Yeah. So all those people that try and make out all oh, the royalists, they're so good for the country. They bring people in. They give us loads of money. No, they're not. They're stealing it. They're stealing it. And you don't even know it from from when you die. OK, so, yeah, get get that out there. Make sure people know about it. Uh, King Charles the Thief, the robber of sausage fingers himself.
Old old Charlie boy. So yeah, and and again, not our king, not my king. That's for sure. Uh, let's yeah. move on from uh, Charlie. Uh, let's go to another story that we we'll have here. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the wrong chat on the phone. Actually, I don't want to read some of these messages. Out like <laughs> so I want to go to uh, yeah, a baker, a bit. Oh no, a teacher. Uh, no. Let me get this right. A pedophile teacher fired from a new job at a Kent bakery over his criminal history. And the question is, uh, should this be something? The guy has done a heinous act, committed a heinous crime, which in my opinion, the lowest form of scum on the planet is anybody that does anything on a child, anything abusive on a child. So he's went and he's done his time. He was a teacher. He's come out. Obviously, he's not going back into the teaching profession again. Uh, he's been employed as a baker. His history's got out and uh, he's out of a job potentially over this one. Or he's been out of a job. So should this be the case? Once you do your crime and serve your time, should you be allowed back into society with a clean slate? Or are there certain things that certain people need to know, especially if they're going to be coming into contact with the public and or children again? Right, so yeah, this particular story, um, I remembered it so well. Jeremy Forrest. Uh, so um, this was a guy who was a teacher and uh, he was in a consensual relationship with his, the girl who was 15 and three quarters, uh, 16. He arguably took her to France for eight days. Does, I don't know if people remember it because I remember it really, really well. There were notices, you know, headlines put everywhere. They wanted to find them in France. Um, they came back and actually continued the relationship for another year. You know, this wasn't a man. We we use the term paedophile, but, but you know, and I'm not kind to condone his actions either, but there's a big difference between somebody looking, uh, you know, uh, uh, raping someone or having horrendous images uh, of, yep. of, of of five-year-olds all over their computer to a man who's come out. He's uh, been uh, reworking. He's uh, he, he did his three years in jail. Um, it, 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 you know, it's it's a hard one for me because they've gone and printed. He's got he's basically done the jail. He's done his time. Mm -hmm. He's come out. He's lived his life. He's remarried. Um, he's getting on with his life. He's essentially rehabilitated. Um, instead, the son decided to print all his images. Um, he now everybody knows where he lives. He's probably never going to work again. What good is that to the community? He's already on the sex offenders list, so he is not able to ever work around children. You know, he agreed to be put on that. So my my one on this one is is I'm I'm not, you know I'm not trying to trying to trivialize what he mm -hmm. did, but at the same point, if we do that for every single person that's done a crime, how on earth are we going to fund these people? Do you want to do you want them to live on the state? Uh, is do we never have a a second chance, Rick. It's it. It's a hard one. So I just wanted to put his story into perspective because mm. they use the word paedophile, and that can that can nowadays, you know, actually mean a whole range of 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 actually what you what you think. You see, here's the thing, okay, and I hear what you're saying. I, uh, one of the teachers in the school that I went to, the secondary school that I went to, he was dating a pupil uh, while she was still a pupil and he was a teacher. And when she finished school, uh, sixth year, uh, they ended up, you know, officially becoming a couple. And I think they did get married. Um, so, but the thing is, here's, here's, the, here's the problem. The law is... Uh, you know, sets its limits. So, for example, the age of consent or statutory age in England, I think, is 16. Uh, in yes. Northern Ireland, I believe it's 17. Uh, so even technically speaking, had she been of legal age, 
in England, she would not have been of legal age in Northern Ireland. So he, what he would have been innocent of potentially in, in England, he would have been guilty of in Ireland. Every place sets their own limits. And I think the thing to do with that story in particular is especially as well as this uh, teacher pupil thing. So, you know, the dude was a grown man, you know, 15 and three quarters, 15 years and 364 days. You know, she's still under 16. Uh, he's oh. been caught. He's yeah, done his definitely. time. I was going to ask you, actually, uh, because you said that you can remember the story when it came out. You said that Very it went well, away yeah. to France. They came back. Did they stay? Did they Did they stay together when she they, left school? They escaped. They, did... they, were, they, were, they said they were madly in love. And that's why they escaped to France. They were hoping to start a new uh, uh, a new life. Uh, the French authorities brought them back. Um, so it was a it was a tale. She was putting things out all over the papers, saying, "I'm hugely in love with him. He's he's never done anything awful to me." Look, at the end of the day, what he's done is morally and ethically um, wrong. At the end of the day, if you're in a position of authority, whether you're a teacher, or, you know, even if you're older, you know, you know, yeah. if you're a boss, if if I'm at work and my boss is coming mm -hmm. on to me and, and and forcing me to do something I'm not wanting to, whether I'm 16 or not, it's wrong. He was mm -hmm. in a position of authority. He shouldn't have done what he's done, but he has done his time. And I think my point on this one is, um, you know, he is on the sex offenders register. He was mm -hmm. only working in a bakery. What what does it do to society if we if, you know, there we've got, you know, uh, uh paparazzi going round mm -hmm. trying to take pictures of ex-criminals and losing them jobs everywhere does that mm -hmm. actually benefit us what will happen to this man now jeremy forrest probably he's going to have to not be working they've already put his location out he's just going to stay now on on the dole possibly Do it, does that benefit anyone when he was always the on the sex sex offenders it, register uh, here's, a hard here's, one. The, here's the here's the crazy thing right that guy who's went to prison and done his time for whatever, uh, came out again, tried to start again, and now he's been doxxed and he's been scuppered by the sun or whoever it was. You think about, uh, we covered about uh, Jimmy Bulger's or James Bulger's killers, Venables and yeah. uh, Thompson. They were they were rehoused. They were given yes. new identities at our it. expense. And they killed and abused that little boy, James Bulger, and are still indulging in pornography and uh, child abuse, okay? They're still doing yeah. it, or at least one of them is, because we covered this story last year or earlier on this year, and but yet they are told by the court, uh, if you report their names, if you dox them, then you will go to prison. So it's yeah. ironic that it applies to them. They're protected by yeah. the government and they're funded by the government, but this dude isn't. Funnily enough, that was the point I was going to make, and it's why I brought mm. this story up. So uh, Baby P, if you remember, her mum is do. now out. She's under the same protection order. Mm -hmm. um, mm. So it almost seems that the, that the bigger the crime, the more protection you will have and the more anonymity. Uh, uh, but those almost who haven't committed crimes to the same degree will not. And uh, those those paparazzi will go out and technically go out and ruin your life. Now, I'm not for a moment uh, condoning what he did. It was wrong. But he has done his time. And 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 we are supposed to, in society, allow for re rehabilitation. And if we don't, then what's the point of sending anyone to jail? They should be rotting in jail forever. If you're not going to allow them to come out, 
and actually changed their life. He's, he's remarried. He, he's he's bought his own house. You know, I, 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 you know, what, what? I just don't see the benefit of doing this unless, of course, he was seen around a school or he was seen, you know, seen doing the same behaviour. Um, I just don't think it's in the public's interest. Mm-hmm. But then again, they don't care the papers, do they? As long as they're, they don't. if they, they, as long as they're selling stories, you know, what what difference does you know, it make to them? See, on the rehabilitation front, there was a story that I I saw, but never covered it on here about a month ago. But it was a guy in America who had been convicted of a crime, and he was to do fifteen years in prison. Okay, but the, when he was supposed to report, he was he was tried, and he was told, okay, you need to come to prison. He wasn't in remand, so he was told to report to prison on such a day to begin your sentence. But he never received any documentation from the court. Okay, so they forgot about him. It was an admin error. So he was supposed to do 15 years for a crime that he'd been convicted of, but they never sent him documentation. So he just ignored it. And he just went about living his own life. He got himself a wife. He got himself a job. He had a family. But then after that, after that, uh, someone picked up on the admin error and said, this guy still needs to serve his time. So then they went and arrested him and brought him before a judge. But the judge said, this guy has turned his life around. He hasn't been convicted of any other crimes. He's got a wife. He's got a family. He's got a job. He's got a mortgage. He's holding down a job. I'm not going to send him to prison for that. So he quashed it and he threw it out. He says, you know, he's been living clean for the last 15 years. As far as I'm concerned, the guy's fully rehabilitated. So some common sense should come into this when it comes That's to it. certain crimes. But when kids are involved, here's the thing. It's always extremely emotive and rightly so. I mean, like, I have a yes. daughter. And if my daughter's teacher uh, oh, came home and said, excuse me, Mr. Mon, I'm madly in love and we want to run away. Uh, I don't even want to tell you what I would do to that dude. But but what I'm saying is there are limits, and as you've rightly pointed out, but this guy's done his time. He's went out and tried to start again. His life's effectively nobbled now as a result of it. And the question is, is that acceptable? This was 11 years ago when this happened. He was jailed for three years and he's been getting on with his life and remarried and bought his house and technically rehabilitated. And now they've taken that away from him. Um, You know, so for me, you know, you're protecting the wrong people uh, when you think that people like uh, the Bolger uh, killers get protected and will always have an anonymity. So, you know, uh, it's just one to point out, really. Uh, mm. Just uh, yeah, yeah. It, there's well, no right Jimmy or wrong. Savile. It's a good debate. Look at Jimmy Savile. Yeah. You know, we talked about Charles earlier on. His best buddy uh, was Jimmy Savile, who was the worst, most prolific, horrific uh, that we know of paedophile in the history of Britain. Arguably, uh, he was never prosecuted. He was never arrested. He never lost anything. He got a knighthood. Uh, he was uh, Sir Jimmy Savile. Uh, he was a darling of the BBC, and you know, no one ever came to his door, despite the fact that a lot of people had brought up accusations against yeah. him. A lot of people were asking questions for death kids it never happened so yeah it's a rotten system the justice system at least it is in certain places when it comes to certain people wow we got a lot out of that story that's for sure but there's a lot to be gotten from that story so yeah. massive thanks to you for bringing that one up Natalie uh, we will be back after this yeah. short uh, break here on TNT Radio so please keep your thoughts and comments coming in in the live chat uh, we'll be right back after this short break Murray we will be right back after this short break here on TNT Radio Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week, Donald Trump took to Truth Social to spell out why he believes it's imperative that voters pull the lever for him over Joe Biden in a little less than a year from now. The stakes in this election could not be higher. Next November, you have a choice between war, poverty, and weakness under crooked Joe Biden, or peace, prosperity, and strength under President Donald J. Trump. 
Just three years ago, our economy was booming, the world was safe, and America was strong. And now? Under crooked Joe Biden, the economy is in a shambles, and the world is going up in flames. Real incomes have gone down by $7,400 per family. Under crooked Joe, gas prices are four, five, six, and $7 a gallon. Cumulative inflation is nearly 20%, and mortgage rates are pushing a brutal 7%, 8%, 9%, 10%, and you can't get the money. And that's not the worst part. We have war in Europe, we have wars in the Middle East, and we are stumbling into World War III. That's what's going to happen with this leadership, because they don't know what they're doing. The contrast could not be more stark. And all of what you just heard couldn't be more true. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio Vision. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. Thank you, listen. TNT. Okay, uh, plenty more to discuss here this morning. At least we'll try and get uh, some more stories in here before the top of the hour. Uh, Natalie, uh, again, but this one across. Uh, literally, I can't pick anything here because they're all, they're all uh, really good stories to discuss. Uh, what do you want to do next? Yeah, there's one uh, that was in the Daily Mail and uh, it's important on uh, a lot of levels, this story, because it covers a lot of what we've been discussing over the last year. Bedridden mother, 39, battling long COVID, has got a death sentence and she wishes to end her life in Switzerland after two years of hell and constant pain. Now, there's a lot of questions I have on this headline. Number one, long COVID. Right. They're trying. They are trying to say. Uh, and then it even says in the article, as you go on, long COVID basically is a persistent cough, fatigue, muscle aches and a loss of smell. Well, if she only had long COVID, why on earth would they be promoting and pushing assisted dying? You know, and they're, they're, she's trying to raise money. Her friends and family uh, are all behind it. Uh, uh, the other questions I've got is it doesn't say whether she's had a vaccine because she said it feels like she's been poisoned every minute of the day. Well, she's got long COVID, but it didn't say how many vaccines she's had to protect her against that long COVID. Mm. Um, And also, of course, 
this idea they've gone as you go on on the article it explains all the law about assisted dying in the uk um saying that it's 14 years in prison um if you help someone to die and that technically does mean if you help them to go overseas as well so this article lots of lots of uh, uh parts of the agenda and the narrative that they're pushing here uh they're pushing covid ignoring vaccines uh ignoring actually having a second opinion from doctors i mean why on earth if this woman is actually that ill is she not getting a second and a third opinion and trying to get some help if she can't even get out of bed and why on Mm. earth are they promoting her to die rick here's the thing with this one uh you know they've piggybacked a lot of secondary issues onto the primary issue which is her uh she's living in a miserable state at the minute and she wants to die i think she has four kids she thinks yeah. they're the, the they mean the world to her and i know it's easy to judge and you could say well you know you really don't think that much of them if you just want to die uh you know i've seen people who have been living horrendous lives with pain and in late stage cancer and with the best will in the world, all they wanted to do was die because they were suffering yeah. something horrible. And I can even remember you saying, uh, you know, that yeah. one stage, those tension headaches that you take, it's like the pain is so bad. You just want to die to get a little bit yeah. of relief from it. I've been in a situation where I had that falciparum malaria at one stage. I was absolutely miserable in the hospital. And quite frankly, if I had kicked the bucket in there, uh, you know, I didn't want to die, but at the same time, yeah. it would have been a relief Uh, of sorts at the time. So uh, this business of a right to die, I I think the problem is a lot of doctors are pushing people towards pathways to death when they don't need to be on them. Uh, But some people that are at the end of their life and live in absolute, you know, in awful pain or, you know, if they've got terrible, uh, you know, muscle wastage, that uh, muscular dystrophy, and and uh, not maybe that one in particular, but there's one motor neurone disease where you, you become encased in your own body. You can't speak, you can't feed yourself. You're completely dependent on other people. You've got no quality of life. Some people can deal with that, which is fine. But some people are like, you know what, this is hell. I just want to die. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Should they be given the opportunity to do it? But certainly the media have uh, used this as a lever to introduce this concept of long COVID into people's minds. And it could put you in this position. And, you know, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Blodders said in the online chat they want the law changed to allow made, uh, which is what they've got in Canada at the moment, um, where uh, you are allowed under certain circumstances uh, to to end your life with assisted dying. Now, I don't have a problem with it if it's done uh, correctly. If you Mm -hmm. are terminally ill and literally Mm -hmm. in horrific pain, you wouldn't do that to your pet. You would, you, we would always go and put uh, a dog or a cat down because, you know, it's not a mm-hmm. humane thing to do. And I'm telling you, when I get those tension headaches, and if that was my life day in, day out with no break from that, I would, I would take my life myself. There's no, there's mm. absolutely no doubt about that. But this story is an odd one. And that's why I brought it up because they're saying she has long COVID. It doesn't say she's in horrendous amounts of pain. They're just saying she doesn't like shit. Basically, she's got ME type symptoms mm-hmm. and struggling to get out of bed and depressed now that really for me isn't normally one of the reasons that you would push an assisted dying death uh so it it, if you were going to do it and they were going to try and and show and highlight the real reasons why it would uh or could be beneficial it should be for uh, somebody that is literally living in in horrific pain rick who most people would sit there and agree 
But this story, it, it doesn't really add up for me. Um, it almost seems to me they're trying to push the idea that uh, that you can have the option at the end of your life. Uh, we don't want to fund end-of-life care. Don't worry, no. there's always going to be an option. And I think that is what's highlighted for me in this article, because this woman yeah. doesn't seem to need the end-of-life care. Um, and if you were friends and family, why on earth? Why on earth? Would you not be pushing uh, for more help from doctors at this stage rather than trying to send her to Switzerland? Yeah, and the the Canada was mentioned there as well. You mentioned Canada's uh, assisted dying, uh, you know, at the end of life. But they're also trying, remember, to push that in for people that are in debt uh, or they're yeah. suffering from PTSD or they're suffering from extreme depression. And again, listen, I'm no one to judge anybody else. I haven't walked in your shoes. Nobody's walked in my shoes. You don't know what's going on inside no. people's heads. But it could be used as uh, a simple, you know, I, I have had enough. Uh, instead of trying to... Uh, uh, counsel people or provide them with alternatives because we know the mental health services in the in the in the UK are at breaking point now. Kids are waiting for months for emergency appointments to see psychologists. Psychological damage. People can't get mental health care at all. So a lot of people are saying, you know what? I just want to end it all. And you know, all they need, what they don't need, sorry, is for doctors to come along and say, well, listen, if that's the case, just sign this form and check into the clinic on Sunday morning or Monday evening at six o'clock, and we'll take care of that for you. It'll all be over in a flash. Uh, you would have to worry about anything. We'll take care of it for you. It is definitely this this concept, as you've uh, highlighted, is being seeded, I think, into people's it's minds that. that it's not I, just for yeah. uh, chronic pain. It's also, I can't take it anymore, can't cope anymore, can't be bothered getting out of bed anymore. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. All of a sudden, there's a whole menu of things that could allow you to have uh, assisted dying. And I think that's where it starts to get very dangerous think- indeed. I think Mazzy makes an excellent point in the chat, but then we're not supposed to be suffering at the end uh, of being terminally ill. We're supposed to have care, compassion and dignity. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. agree. But I fear, Mazzy, that what they are trying to do is take any of that away. And I think they're trying to almost stop having any end of life funding eventually it will literally be for older people right you've got to a certain age tick a box do you want to just take a take a something that you can end your life now rather than actually have that care compassion and dignity at the end of their life um i believe it's a money and a funding issue because they've always had a problem with euthanasia before and suddenly in lockstep the west all seem to be pushing it and i think that's a in terms of let's get rid of those useless useless eaters um we don't want to be paying to keep them alive anymore it certainly seems that way to me and that's why we need to make sure the right right restrictions are in place for people to decide uh rather than corrupt doctors who uh, might be taking a backhander uh the one last thing and this one by the way i from experience my best mate johnny fisher uh he's been in this position he had that addison's disease the same as uh, your friend uh, jess had as well he had an addisonian crisis he was left yep. brain damaged when he was only 20 21 years of age his life was just completely turned upside down he was a coma in a vegetative state you know uh in hospital for five six seven years had a hell of a time and i don't know why he had the mental fortitude to keep going and then his parents died throughout all this too he's just been through everything and i don't know that i would have had the fortitude that that guy would have had but he always had that fighting spirit uh and now he's a self-published author he's writing his fourth book at the minute he lives reasonably independently so what i'm saying is that even though maybe you and i said i can't take this anymore you know if you're at the end of your tether and you would like to die with dignity, that should maybe be an option for some people in some cases. But also, don't forget, 
then the doctors could use that to say, well, everybody's going to get snuffed out. Maybe some people are like, you know what? No, I want to hang on till the bitter end and maybe I'll make a recovery. And sometimes it does actually happen. So yeah, it's a very important topic, and, this one, and uh, one and that's of, becoming more and more discussed. And of course, compare that to the other, uh, those poor uh, cases of children with mitochondrial mm. disease who they mm. wanted mm -hmm. to kill, even yes. though they wanted to fight for their life. So that's in direct comparison to that. So that makes no sense at all. It's complete hypocrisy. So they're trying to kill some people. Uh, and then uh, other people, they, they when they want to save their lives, they're not having it. So uh, basically, it's a funding issue, and they don't want to pay for treatment, it seems to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the old pathways to death, the care pathways, the Liverpool pathways, they call them all these fancy names, and they call them everything except what they are, which is basically, effectively, uh, euthanasia. Uh, they're snuffing people out. And don't forget the Scottish uh, death pods. Remember, we covered those last year that were on. Uh, you could... Check yourself into a death pod, and I think it was nitrous oxide was pumped in, and before you know it, you would be uh, drifting off into eternity. Uh, Scotland wants to make that easily available, and don't forget the infamous mail order suicide kits as well that some guy from Canada was flogging all around the world. We covered that one too here uh, on TNT Radio. So yeah, there's no end to this business. It's not going away, and a business is exactly what it is so Natalie thank you as always for all the input this morning some great stories there today some great discussion thank you have a great day in Reading I'm Rick Munn I'll be back after the news with Gemma and hopefully fingers crossed Simon Milne will be beaming in from the Middle East so please don't go away more to come here on TNT Radio be right back mm -hmm.